The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Support for this show comes from The Calling Academy, using research and online courses to empower people from all faiths and spiritual paths to live a full life. Learn how to answer your call at callingacademy.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is John Turk a PhD chemist whose passion for extreme adventures led him to a 100-year-old Siberian shaman who led John on an extreme adventure of a different sort, an adventure into what he calls the consciousness revolution. He chronicled his five years with the shaman in his book, The Raven's Gift. His newest book, Crocodiles and Ice, A Journey into Deep Wild, continues his exploration of this revolution. His essay, Crawling to Ecstasy, appears in the November-December issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. John Turk, welcome to Essential Conversations. It's great to be here, uh, Rabbi, and um, great to be talking with you. I'm looking forward to this conversation. The book is fascinating. I mean, it's completely outside. I mean, extreme adventures, extreme anything is sort of completely outside my worldview. So it was it was pretty impressive. Um, so let me, let me posit something. Let me sort of put something to you and see how, oh, I don't know, how close I am to reading your experience. And we'll see if this makes any sense. So I'm reading the book, Crocodiles and Ice, and I'm thinking about your life, you know, what I know of it from reading. And I wonder... If you started out, here's my idea. You started out as a chemist. Chemists deal with the building blocks of life. And then you shifted to this consciousness revolution. And in my way of thinking, consciousness is an even more fundamental building block than even chemistry. Uh, So you're still dealing with these deep, deep levels of reality. do Do you see a link between chemistry and consciousness? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course I see a link, but our knowledge of science is so incomplete and our knowledge of chemistry and molecules and atoms and so on and the the great cosmic journey of the universe from a, a quantifiable point of view is so limited. It, it works fine for making airplanes fly and and creating drugs to deal with depression and stuff like that. But when it comes to understanding the human mind, we can't do that quantitatively. So we have to take a leap away from science without negating science into 
um, what's going on in our mind, and we have to do that in a non-quantifiable way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So I'm wondering when you first met, when you with your first experiences with shamanism, coming out of a world that is obsessed with the quantifiable. I mean, you can take the man out of science. Can you take the science out of the man? <laughs> well, we have to answer that question with a story. Good. Uh, my partner, Misha, and I are kayaking along the coast of Siberia, headed from Japan to Alaska. And this tremendous storm comes out of nowhere. And normally, storms are predictable by a change in atmospheric pressure. And I'm wearing a watch that shows, um, you know, a, a, an altimeter watch that gives me pressure. And I don't see any change of pressure. We're, 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 we're sailing just along. Everything's fine. And this storm comes out of nowhere. And this is a real storm. I'm a kayaker. I'm in a kayak in the Pacific Ocean. And the winds are blowing and the rain is falling. And it's just mayhem out there. So we go to, we're right near this village and we paddle through the surf <laughs> and come up on the surf. And this woman walks up to me and speaks in English. Now we're in Russia and Siberia. I haven't spoken in English for a long time. And she says, John, Misha, it's good to see you. Wow. We were expecting you. The grandmother created the storm to bring you to our village. She wants to talk to you. So what goes on in my head? As you say, I'm a scientist. This doesn't compute in any scientific way. But... I'm outside of science now. I'm in a kayak. I'm in the North Pacific. I'm in Siberia. I'm not in a position to question. I'm not in a position to put my value judgments on the table. I'll die if I go out into that storm. I'm in a foreign culture. I look at this woman and I say, wonderful. Thank you. What am I thinking? I'm thinking there's a warm house here. I can smell <laughs> bread baking in the oven. Questioning, doubting, being critical isn't going to get me anywhere. So that was the beginning of my of my journey. So that's pretty profound. I mean, to have that to have that happen after, uh, you know, given the time passes, how do you understand it now? I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it at all. And that's that's the beauty of it is that I think that trying to pigeonhole it and understand it and explaining it will destroy the wonder. <laughs> but the, but there's meaning in it. At least at least I want to say that there's meaning in it. Do you, I mean, this, this is not, I mean, you know, she didn't come out and, and just call you by some generic term. I mean, she knew your names. She, th th this, this was a real meeting between people who were actually expecting you. So I'm, is, can you connect that to this consciousness revolution in some way? Did, did they have a level of awareness that you lacked? Yes, yes, yes. 
there there's something going on in the universe that we can't explain and this meeting i can't explain later mulanot healed me i can't explain and the only the only thing that i can explain is that if i free my mind of all the mechanical mumbo jumbo that i get in civilization and all the worries and concerns and fears that we have in this in this world we live in today and i go there there's some place to go to that is so special that it transcends everything and what mulanat did to me through everything is to let me know that there is an other world that there is something beyond this quantifiable world that is there and exists guaranteed 100% for sure um and since then, you know magic happens to us all the time i mean one image that comes to my mind is when my dear wife chris died and i was carrying her ashes up to the top of this mountain in british columbia this storm came up it was august and this august thunderstorm came up and a raven came to me and the raven had become my totem animal that the old woman the shaman mulanat had given me this relationship with the the raven and we're standing on top of the mountain above the ski line chris my wife was a skier and the raven drops down to waist level right above the the mountainside the slope it's summer now there's no snow there but the raven skis down the mountain and it does that twice so what i'm saying is that there's another world and if we open our mind to the other world what happens to us this is the consciousness revolution that i'm talking about and what happens to us on a practical matter we still live in this world we're still um you know do our jobs and brush our teeth and all that kind of stuff but the knowledge that the other world exists becomes the most important thing and the most important quest and all of a sudden our worries and anger and these things seem to dissipate this here so the consciousness revolution that i'm talking about is moving into a state where our main journey is in this world into the other world into the unknowable and to, into the space of ecstasy <laughs> i don't know does that yeah. make sense oh no it makes absolute sense i want to talk to you about ecstasy in, in a little bit but before i i go there uh can you give the listener some sense of how you make that shift into that other world? How do you how do you integrate them? But is, is there a meditation you practice or some something in particular that that we can learn 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Every person is different. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Every person has a different journey, a different path to the other world. This is the only thing that I'm certain about. I can tell you my path. I was there today. Um, I was, we're living in British Columbia. It's, the winter is just coming on. I went high into the mountains. I was walking along a snowy ridge. It was snowing. I was with one friend. The snow is just starting to change the topography of the landscape. We generally get uh, for 12 to 15 feet of snow here, and it changes the topography. The whole features of the landscape change as the winter revolves. And now it's just the beginning and I'm watching that and the snow is falling. That's my journey. That might not be your journey. Uh, Your journey might be through poetry or through motherhood or through dance or through any one of a million other ways that you make this journey. So how, how do people find their path? You look inside yourself and you say, what is it deeply inside of me, inside of my DNA from my very earliest childhood that shows me that path? The, the walking meditation, and it might be a silent meditation, and it might be a walking meditation. For me, it's a walking meditation. So you're looking, and, I'm, yeah, so go ahead. let me go see if I can clarify. So you're looking, to, you're looking at your life and you're trying to, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm hearing anyway, and you're asking yourself the question, when have I ever experienced ecstasy or something like that? And, and what led me to that? That would reveal my path? I think so. That would be a good start. What did I do in my childhood? When I remember my childhood, because your childhood is innocence. And when I was a child, what, where did my meandering child mind go? Find the child within you. And, you know, that's as good a start as any as I can think of, okay? Do you think people are interested in ecstasy or, I mean, I mean, I guess let me, let me, it's sort of a loaded question. My, my limited experience in teaching and all is that when things approach the ecstatic, people get nervous and they want to do something else. Oh, totally. The word ecstasy, the root, the Latin root of the word for ecstasy is terror. Right. Approaching ecstasy is so total is an involvement that is so totally encompassing that it's not just scary but terrifying so it's a lot more comfortable a lot more familiar to you know worry about your taxes or something like that but i think 
Well, no, I don't think I know. Look, I read the paper every day, Rabbi. I, I know that people are worried about jobs and, and politics and so on and so forth. But I'm not saying this is easy, but I'm saying that if you allow yourself the terror and go there, the journey is a journey into, into ecstasy, into complete and utter release. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if ecstasy isn't, in fact, more essential to the survival of humanity in our, you know, now than it, than it ever was. Um, but that that's, maybe is a, take us out. That's my next book. That's your next book. Great. Okay, I'll let, just let that thought sit there then, and I'll ask you something else <laughs> until I can read your next book. You, you, you talk about um, something that I found really interesting, and I, I think others will as well. You talk about um, this trinity of hunter, shaman, and tundra, and that we, we have an inner hunter and an inner shaman, and if we can honor them and balance their energies, the hunter and the shaman, we can open and we can draw strength from and open to the wisdom of tundra mother earth so can, can you just in the few minutes we and we only have a few minutes left in the few minutes we have left can you talk to us about the inner hunter and the inner shaman how we contact those how we balance those yeah the in the koryak tradition i spent five years off and on in this koryak village the I tried to make my spirit journey first with the shaman, and I failed. And then the hunter came to me and said, You're, you are overweighted in the hunter category, and you can make your spiritual journey through the journey of the hunter, the journey of the pragmatist on the tundra. And this journey to ecstasy, this journey to consciousness that we discussed, is you have to find your portal. And just like everybody finds their mechanism, painting, motherhood, dance, skiing, you have to find your balance of the practical person and the shamanic person. That's really you. And the interesting thing is that the real world and the other world, the spiritual world, are the same. The spirit world is a real world. The real world is the spirit world. So don't get hung up on whether you're, you know, spiritual enough or too practical, because both categories, both attributes will lead you to ecstasy and the consciousness revolution that we're talking about. So the, the hunter is the practical uh, side of your personality. The shaman is the more mystical so, yeah, and you can say left brain, right brain, right. and so on and so forth. But see, my journey, I just told you, my journey is, you know, I have great skill of traveling in the winter in Canada on high mountain ridges in snowstorms, and that's the hunter. And uh, where I go, you know, other people just don't have the physical skills and stamina and strength and knowledge to go, but that journey... That's the hunter in me. It takes me up into a high mountain ridge in a snowstorm in British Columbia in winter, and that's where I meet my shaman. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're, we're just about out of time, but this is a very optimistic place to leave the conversation because if I'm hearing you right, 
while your experience with the hunter is in the the you know climbing these these out in the wilderness uh if if one has a hunter dominant personality it's not like one is lost to to the spiritual or, or to ecstasy it's that one actually takes the dominant uh archetype of the hunter in this case and works with that so it's not like oh i can't do this it's i have to do this my way and that really i think opens it up for lots of people am i on the right track with that I, you said that beautifully, Rabbi, and, and that's my, if I, if I get a final message, is that we all have a journey, and that journey can only be made by recognizing all the spirits and characteristics and loves and passions within us, and once we recognize and accept ourselves, we can take this journey into ecstasy. Wow, perfect. Great place to end. Thank you. Our guest today was John Turk, scientist, author, and adventurer. His newest book is Crocodiles and Ice. And his essay, Crawling to Ecstasy, appears in the November-December issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can learn more about John's work at his website, johnturk.net. John, thank you so much for being with us on Essential Conversations. Thank you, Rabbi Rami. It was a great conversation. Yeah, I really liked it. Thank you very much. Support for this show comes from The Calling Academy, using research and online courses to empower people from all faiths and spiritual paths to live a full life. Learn how to answer your call at callingacademy.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and to download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.